Back in the left corner, McDavid to Dreisaitl, scores! Leon Dreisaitl gets it past Demko, and this game's tied at one. Dreisaitl with a puck right wing to the middle to McDavid, Dreisaitl, scores! Leon Dreisaitl, the one-timer off the right wing. It's a power play goal, and the Oilers are up 2-1. to one. Leon Dreisaitl fires home a pair. Evan Bouchard and Darnell Nurse also score. Mike Smith, very good again. 28 stops, and the Oilers knock off the Vancouver Canucks 4-1. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, the Oilers, Rob, playing a team that they should beat, especially given the circumstances for the Vancouver Canucks, the COVID delay, several players out of action, and a playoff spot not really possible for them at this point. And the Oilers took care of business. Uh, I mean, they finally broke through late in the second period, which they dominated, out shooting Vancouver 14-6, and they scored three times in the final six minutes of the period. Well, it was relentless pressure by the Oilers. Uh, you know, they fell behind early, but they just kept pushing and pushing. And although the shots may not have been really uh, indicative of the play in the first period, uh, the Oilers created a number of chances. They were just unlucky with either bounces and missing open nets, hitting a post. But the pressure was there, and, and eventually a f- fatigued Canuck team just started to make more and more mistakes and got hemmed in their end longer and longer. And when you're always defending, and that's what the the Canucks were doing for large stretches, eventually pucks are going to go by you. Eventually you're going to turn the puck over to the wrong person. And uh, Miller turns it over to McDavid. All of a sudden it's a one-timer by Dreisaitl. Probably a a really soft call and a bad call by the referee turned a power play to what, 30 seconds later into a four-on-three for the Oilers. And again, um, puck ends up on dry sidle stick in the back of the net. So uh, you give credit to the Canucks. They were undermanned. Uh, they were uh, uh, certainly fatigued uh, and put up a, a fight. But I said before this series, and I, I, I repeat it, the, the Canucks aren't going to win a game against the Oilers. Uh, they're just not good enough physically and not good enough talent-wise right now, and the Oilers are playing uh, as good as any team in the National Hockey League. So uh, another good two points and another step towards uh, being prepared for the playoffs here in a couple of weeks. Connor McDavid gets two assists tonight. He is up to 93 points on the season. The Oilers have five games remaining. Vancouver, Vancouver, Montreal, Montreal, and then Vancouver. So obviously a very good shot to get to 100. Evan Bouchard scores tonight, Rob. He had not played since March 1st, and that's been one of the stories and I think one of the negatives for the Oilers this season, this was only his 13th game of the year. He hasn't played a ton. I I wouldn't have been able to tell tonight. I I didn't really see any rust on Bouchard. Nice play for the goal. He played just over 20 minutes. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, the the Oilers are in a tough situation with with, uh, the way the taxi squad and the minors and everything are going. Uh, Bouchard probably should have played in the minors. I guess now if you, you look back at it and you could do it all over again, Maybe that's where he should have played instead of sitting up here and playing in the taxi squad. Um, uh, he give credit to, to Bouchard being prepared. It'd be tough sitting out for long periods of time, not knowing when you're going to play again or if you're going to play again. Uh, but he came in and uh, I always found it 
harder for skilled players to come in after long layoffs as opposed to uh, third or fourth liners or fifth or sixth defensemen because the guys, those type of players come in, all, all they have to do is work hard. The expectations of any sort of offense aren't there for them. So they can go out, they can go hit, did get pucks in deep, um, get pucks out, just simple game. When you're an offensive player, you got to do all those things, plus you're expected to create offensive chances. And I thought Bouchard was good. He was good finding outlets. He made nice passes. There's one they showed a repeat a couple times on television where he just took the puck deeper and deeper in his own zone, waiting for a play to open up, and then he threw a 60-foot pass cross ice, up ice to Connor McDavid. Uh, little passes where he's skating backwards, finds a guy coming towards him and hits him in speed. So uh, the goal was uh, just a little bit of icing on a cake for a pretty good game for for Bouchard. And uh, again, I don't see him starting in game one of the playoffs, but he certainly has shown that if and when they that he is needed, he's capable of coming in uh, rusty and playing very, very well. So the Oilers win at 4-1. William Laguson also came in tonight. Jones and Bear came out this evening as uh, the Oilers get the 4-1 win. Mike Smith again, Rob. I, I keep updating his stats, but I, I think it's worth doing because of the season that he's having. The, the Canucks threw 17 pucks at him in the third period. They were down a couple goals. Do so you expect them to get a lot of shots? He stopped all of them in the third. He stops 28 out of 29 tonight. Smith's updated record, 19-6-2, and 9.25 save percentage. Yeah, it's uh, mind-boggling. It, it is. Um, considering this was not the goalie that the Oilers wanted, this was not the goalie that the fans were hoping would come back. Uh, this is the goalie that started the season injured, and people were wondering, okay, is he too old? Because he can't even get through uh, you know, the first week of the year. And now you're wondering what the season would have been had Mike Smith not been here. He's been that good. Uh, the Oilers have played exceptional hockey for quite a while now. But at the beginning, before they started getting the consistency in their game, there were some nights that Mike Smith carried them. And Mike Smith gave them a chance to find their legs. And that has just continued. He, he's just been consistent. And it's to the point now where you're watching him and you're not expecting a puck to find a way through him. And you're actually surprised when the other team scores. Um, we've we've watched enough hockey here at Edmonton where, you know, there'd be nights where you're hoping that they don't get, the other team doesn't get a scoring chance because you know if they do, it's probably going in the net. Uh, it's the opposite now. It's like, well, you can give them breakaways. It's not going in. Nothing's beating Mike Smith. And, and I just said to Bob uh, right after the game, going into the playoffs right now, and it's hard to believe and hard to say, but the Oilers are the best in net of any of the teams that are going to be in the playoffs right now for in the North Division. They are Their goaltending is better, has played better than any other goaltending in the North Division. And I'm not sure any of us would have expected that at the beginning of the season, being able to say that, but Mike Smith has outplayed every goaltender in the North Division this year. Mike Smith is tonight's fourth star of the game. For Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual, order your game day meal for takeout or delivery. Check the menu at mrmikes.ca. The three stars tonight, Leon Dreisaitl picked as the first star, Connor McDavid, the second star, and Nils 
Hoaglander from the Vancouver Canucks who had an assist tonight is picked as the third star. You can get us on the hotline courtesy CertainTeed professional grade building materials 780-496-0063. I know there's a couple of you already on hold. We do want to bring you head coach Dave Tippett who's supposed to speak any second here. So we will get to that and then go to the phone calls. And of course, we're looking for someone to finish the play. Oh, he's ready right now. Okay, here he is, Dave Tippett. Okay, well, the joy of Zoom, Rob Brown. <laughs> I was going to say, Dave's very quiet tonight. Dave, Dave's with his quiet voice. Yeah, Dave doesn't have much to say. No, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say, but uh, we will get you that momentarily as the Oilers win forward over the Canucks. Darnell Nurse, another great story. 16th goal of the season. Beauty set up by Archibald, too. Hey, it was a wonderful play by Archibald. Uh, when you first look at it, you're like, hey, why is he slowing down? He's got a breakaway, but he played it perfect. And it wasn't an easy pass because I'm pretty sure it was Myers that laid down. Myers is six foot 14. Like he is the <laughs> biggest man in the world. And when he has his stick laid out, I mean, that's a lot of real estate he covers. Archibald puts it on. And as, as I said with Smith, every time there's a shot, you expect him to save it. A nurse, to me, every time he's got the puck with an open lane, I expect him to score. And that's not the the Darnell Nurse that I had seen a couple of years ago, but he's turned into, uh, I mean, a a fantastic offensive hockey player that knows when to jump in the play, doesn't force it, picks the right spots, and when he has the puck on his stick, uh, he he finishes. And that, again, is something that bodes well for the Oilers going into the playoffs because Darnell Nurse's season hasn't been a flash in the pan. It has been consistent from the very beginning of the season to right here at the end. He's playing as good as any defenseman in the North Division this year. Okay, so the Oilers take it 4-1. Now we will go into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Dave Tippett. with Mark Specter, Sportsnet. Uh, Dave, did you, uh, you got a couple of fresh faces into the lineup tonight. Uh, maybe give us your thoughts on the game Evan Bouchard gave you and uh, sort of how the guys played that haven't played very much. Yeah, we're trying to get, uh, you know, as many guys in, just get them some time. I thought Bouchard was excellent tonight. Played, uh, played very well for a guy that hasn't played for a while. Legison came in, played a real solid game. Uh, Tourists uh, put a lot of work in. He, uh, we tried him on the right wing tonight. He was, uh, it was pretty good. So it. Uh, who else do we have in there? That's about it for tonight. But it uh, solid, uh, solid outing by a lot of guys. So this is the luxury, right? I guess you earn this by by clinching a playoff spot with a few games to go. Uh, give us a feeling of the value of of you know all the guys that maybe aren't in your top 18 skaters getting some games in down the stretch and how that's going to help come playoff time well you're going to need you're going to need a lot of bodies i mean it's just playoffs so you never know what uh knock on wood injuries come along and different mixes of lineups you're looking for so you know we've done we've tried to make sure everybody stays engaged you know or uh 
assistant coaches have done a great job with the taxi squad all year and and i give those the taxi squad guys a great deal of credit they they work and you know there's sometimes they don't play for a while but they put the work in they stay ready and i think that was you saw that tonight with a guy like bush jumping in and, and playing a real solid game you know he's he's practiced hard they do a lot of work a game like situation work and and the practices and it paid off for them. So we need, uh, we're going to need a lot of bodies. We, you know, you never can have enough depth and especially at the defense position. And um, we'll continue to kind of grind away here. We got lots to work on on our team the next uh, week or 10 days. And and we'll see who we, we uh, draw come in the playoffs and we'll, we'll prepare accordingly. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Dave, uh, did Bouchard come in for Bear? Was he the one of the defensemen you said was banged up? Uh, yeah, the the Lagason and and uh, Bear came in for Joe. Lagason and uh, Bush came in for Jones and Bear uh, Bear tonight. But because both were banged up, or you just wanted to rest one of the two? Uh, no, both of them uh, both of them could have played, but we just uh, we put the other two guys in to get them a game. And do you think you found a second line now with Nugent Hopkins, Cahoon, and Yamamoto? Yeah, they they played very well these two games. We'll keep kind of tinkering around here, but uh, I'd like to see there's some lots of penalties in the game, especially later on in the game that kind of took the flow out, that they didn't get as much time together. But uh, um, they look like they've got some chemistry together, and we'll see. You know, continue to see where it goes. And Yamamoto, do you, does he, do you sense the frustration there with him trying to score a goal? Yeah, he's getting chances. He's, he's thinking about it. I know he's grabbing his stick pretty hard right now, but um, he's one of those guys that's always around some chances, so eventually it'll go in for him. Thank you. Ryan Shrog, TSM. Yeah, Dave, just back to that Nugent Hopkins line, you know, when they're pushing the pace and keeping the puck down at the other end and giving you some real good shifts like that, um, does that, you know, having a lot, if it looks like they'll be able to, does that change the algebra a little bit on how often you can play McDavid and Drysaddle together, feeling like you're you're really going to get something from the next guys up? Yeah, yes, you know, we're, we're always thinking about that and different options to, uh, to give us advantages, you know, whether you got the McDavid and Drysaddle together or it's an easy switch, putting Drysaddle in there and putting Nuge or Cahoon up with, with McDavid. So there's there's different situations, but uh, it's nice having a line you feel like goes out and is reliable and can create some stuff and uh, and it's just a real solid line. So we'll, we'll continue to see how it goes, but they've had two solid games. It's good to see. Just on Evan Bouchard, um, you know, many times in the last month and a half or so, you know, at practice, I've seen you skating around, having a chat with him. He talked tonight about how much communication there is between the organization and the player, kind of understanding the development path. Mm-hmm. How important is that in this sort of reality where you have guys that are going long stretches like this to be communicating and, and making sure that everybody's on board with kind of the development plan our our whole staff is works hard at that because you've got it's uh, a guy like bouchard who's a you know has got a great future with our team and and we got to continue to develop and build his game and then you you've got players like you know a player like james neal or or ennis who hasn't played as much as they like you're they're always trying to communicate as much as you can 
Now, sometimes, you know, it's it's hard. Like we've talked about this before. You got a normal year, you got one or two guys that are pissed off that they're not playing. And uh, this year we got 10. So <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Terry Jones, Post Media. Yeah, Dave, uh, Leon said that you know, between period breaks on television that, uh, you know, that uh, Connor maybe doesn't think that much of uh, this 100-point thing, but uh, uh, he and the rest of the team uh, really want it for him. Do you read that in the room? I haven't heard that from the room, but, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about our team continue to play well and push here and, and make sure we've got our game in order. and. If we do that, I think Connor's, you know, Connor will keep pushing forward here. But I think that's something that the players maybe talk about. I haven't, it hasn't got to the coaching staff yet. And can you talk about, uh, um, you know, every time you look up, uh, uh, there seems to be another organizational player pushing his way through and looking like he's going to stay up. I mean, you started with uh, Yamamoto, then Bear, and, uh, you know, uh, the other day, uh, uh, yeah, McLeod, McLeod coming in, yeah. And and today you got a defenseman uh, that looks like uh, he's going to get there. Uh, do you uh, how cognizant are you of uh, the growing number of organizational produced and uh, players kind of under the Kenny's um, development system? Uh, it's been valuable to us. You have to have players come in and, and, you know, you just can't go out and sign free agents all the time. You have to develop and, and, and draft and develop players that are, that are going to be not just NHL players, but good NHL players. And we've been fortunate to have that. You know, I've only been here a couple of years, but you look at, you look at Bear and Yamamoto and, and uh, Jones. Um, this year now we've got McLeod, Bush is here. I mean, it's a, it's an influx of players down there that continues to push the organization forward. And, uh, you know, you just can't go out and chase free agents all the time or think you're going to trade your way into that. You've got to develop a lot of those players, and we're fortunate to have some good ones. We're fortunate to have a good development system. The coaches in Bakersfield do an excellent job. Uh, Jay and his staff down there put a lot of time and effort into making sure these players are ready. Uh, so when they do get a chance in the NHL, they can come in and step in. And you've seen players do that at, at times where it's, uh, you know, when they get here, I've always said if a player's nervous about being here, he's probably not ready. Or if he doesn't feel like he can get his confidence, probably not ready. You see the players that have come in, whether it be Ammo last year or McLeod now just lately, they come in, they're full of confidence. They, they have the, uh, the thought process that they know they've prepared enough to get in the league and, and be a good player. And we're fortunate to have, have them come through the way they have because when they do get here, uh, it, relies, it, it allows me to have trust in them and be good players. Terrific. Thank you. Daniel Nigel Bowman, The Athletic. Hi, Dave. Um, you said uh, Evan Bouchard had a had an excellent game tonight. You were pretty pleased with what you saw. And I know there's some roster complications and you only have five games left, but what would kind of be the, the rough plan for him throughout the, the last five games? Do you want to see him in a little bit more? Or, or we'll just take it game by game here and just see, see how things go. But he was, uh, you know, he's called up. We used a regular recall for him, so he's available to us uh, for the rest of the games. We'll see where it goes, see where we are with rest and injuries and things like that. 
and you talked about you know the taxi squad and those guys being very good uh, coming in um you know after long absences off and we had a chance to talk to tyler ennis this morning and you know there just seems to be a little bit more of the um it's harder on guys to to, to not play this year because of you know the covid situation and not being able to you know kind of get out and, and kind of take your mind off things are you kind of cognizant of that and i think maybe yeah. touches back on on what ryan asked you earlier yeah yeah we're always cognizant of that it's you know i wish everybody could play 25 minutes but it's just that's not reality you know and uh, uh you're cognizant of players you're cognizant of making sure everybody understands where they are you know it's uh especially for veteran players it's hard it's hard and it's uh, i've been in that situation as a veteran player not playing and uh it's uh you know everybody wants to play everybody everybody expects to play and when you get a chance you want to play well or you want to help the team that's what that's one of the greatest things about hockey is the team means everything to people and these guys want to get in and help and uh frustrating when they can't get in and help so it's it's uh but it's something we have to deal with this year it's just it comes with what uh, the whole year has kind of been put in front of us thanks dave appreciate it your mouth in post media uh, Dave, you had Bouchard with Darnell Nurse. I don't think it was just on the second power play. Did you, did you try him there to see how it was? Yeah, we were just trying him a few different places. Jim was uh, Jim was kind of shifting him around here and there, depending on some. We used him on some penalty kill too when Larson took a couple penalties in the third. So it was a good uh, it was a good outing for him. He got lots of experience in different places. Uh, and. Getting back to the line with Nugent Hopkins and and uh, Yamamoto, it looks like Cahoon is a little more involved offensively the last couple of games too. Getting the puck closer to the net, trying some stuff. Or am I wrong? Yeah. No, they, they cycle well. They hold the puck and they cycle well. They support each other well. So it's uh, and they're they're finding their opportunities to get it to the net. They hold it well, and then when they do get the opportunity, they they take it to the net. So it's. Uh, you know, so far it's a couple games, but so far so good. Good, thank you. Last question, Tony Brower, Oilers TV. Hey, Dave, apologies if you already answered this early on in the availability, but yesterday after clinching a playoff spot, you guys said you guys wanted to use the remaining six games as an opportunity to build the right habits. Now, you guys faced adversity early in this hockey game by allowing an early goal. How did you feel like your team responded to that and aligned with the words that were shared yesterday? Well, I thought we were all right. I, you know, there's we do, you hate to give up a goal in a, the, early in a game. We had a bad pinch by a defenseman, and you know, you're, those are things that we talk about that can't happen. But it did, so you deal with it and you move on. And you know, it was uh, give Vancouver credit; they work hard. They make it hard on you. But uh, second period, we ended up getting getting even, and then we had a couple power play goals there to push us ahead. So it was. Uh, yeah, we did a lot of things all right. Gave up some chances, probably more than we'd like. But uh, that being said, you go out there and you do what you have to do to try to win the game. Limit chances against, limit mistakes, and find a way to win. And between Schmitty and some good penalty killing, we uh, we were able to do that. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Thank you. This concludes tonight's media available. Okay, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Oilers win tonight 4-1 over the Vancouver Canucks. Covered off uh, a lot of stuff there, but the Oilers played well and uh, beat a team that they should beat the uh, majority of the time. Cahoon, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto, Rob, 
there's some promise there. I know we gotta we talk about the QO sometimes, the quality of opponent. Mm-hmm. But they they did get a goal yesterday. Several good opportunities tonight. Just couldn't cash in. They did. I mean, the real test will come in the two games against the Canadians uh, next week. Uh, that is a, a playoff caliber team where they're deeper. I mean, the Canucks. Uh, this is not a deep team right now, and the the dry set of line took on the best that Vancouver had to offer. Having said that. Uh, you would hope that they would dominate in the minutes that they played, and they did. And they created a number of great scoring chances. Very unlucky tonight. I thought they were actually better in today's game than they were yesterday. Probably could have had two or three goals in this one, if not more, because the number of grade-A scoring chances they had. Uh, Cahoon was robbed. Yamamoto was robbed three times. So it was good. They're gaining confidence. They're making plays, uh, making little, quick, fast plays. And the more they play together, the better they're going to get. They get a couple more opportunities against Vancouver, which should be confidence builders. And then they'll be tested against the Canadians. But uh, you, the quality of opponent's not there, but this is the only opponent they get to try against right now. And they have been dominant in the shifts that they're out there. So that's a very good sign. All right. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the same number to text if you want to talk about the Oilers, and I think tonight, if anybody wants to weigh in on the Tom Wilson fine rather than a suspension from the incident last night against the New York Rangers and subsequently the very strong statement put out today by the New York Rangers, John Shannon making an educated guess today that he thinks the Rangers will be fined a million dollars by the NHL, basically well, basically calling George Peros incompetent and saying you should be fired. Is that a fair paraphrase, Rob? <laughs> um, I'm not even sure that's a paraphrase. I think that's actually what I think, it said. I think, think they pretty much said that. <laughs> Just use a couple of di- uh, different words. Uh, I, I know a lot of hockey fans are passionate about this. So if you do want to talk about that, you can you can chime in as well. Uh, you know, Rob and I have kind of given some opinions on it. Um, you know, if you call in, just how just kind of give us uh, you know back up your thoughts and tell us why you're thinking what you're thinking as well. We have Prish standing by. Hey, Prish, thanks a lot for calling. Hey guys, uh, just a shout out to Reed, uh, just for being the best announcer I've ever listened to. Um, me and my cousins Arnold and Justin, we knew one down one nothing that uh, we come back in the second for one or at least three one i know we have depth uh, like uh, at least bouchard he came and he played his best but what do you think uh, about being like maybe getting a third line center to help maybe maybe nuge or maybe Kara? what are you guys thoughts on that well first getting of all thanks for saying center. that yeah oh we i agree with him too reed i agree with him too uh, a third line center this year or are you talking about next year uh, maybe, maybe this year to just to help with the the push of the playoffs. Well, I, I don't think. I I think that's what the audition is for for McLeod. Uh, Nuge isn't going to play third line center for the Oilers. They're not deep enough in their top six. If they took Nuge out of their top six, he would be a pretty naked uh, top six on the wings. So um, they're hoping McLeod can do it. They got Kara. They like what he has done this season. Uh, they have Gaetan Haas, who they feel is capable of coming in. Um, my guess is McLeod would be their choice as a third-line center, and then Kara would be their choice as a fourth-line center and see how that rolls and, and go. That, the one thing that the Oilers do have this year is depth, um, NHL depth. 
that if something doesn't work one game in the playoffs, they have the ability to put some different players in for game two. Yeah, I think they'll see what McLeod can do for sure. And we've talked about that a lot. That's kind of been a hole that the Oilers have had for a while, and you'd like a little bit of offense from that position. But No, they tried to fill it. I mean, that was Cal Turris. They they, they went out and paid yeah, they paid money to get a guy to come in and make that make that a better offensive line, and uh, it just has not turned out at all for Kyle Turris. Again, who played tonight on the wing, and i got to be honest, we didn't notice a lot. I, I just didn't stand out. Played 11-28. I don't mind McLeod's game. Obviously, nope. you want him to get points. Uh, he won four out of eight face-offs, so 50-50. He'd had a tough night in the circle. can't remember if it was yesterday or Saturday's game. They're blending together already, Rob. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> He doesn't seem the, – the thing I like about McLeod is, yes, he's fast, but he doesn't seem tentative. Like You nope. and I have seen players come up from the farm, and you probably played with guys who came up from the farm, and all of a sudden they don't want the puck. It's like, oh, I got the puck, or I, I, I got to give it to this guy. I, but he's, he's carrying the puck, and he's trying to make plays, so I don't mind that. No, and it's funny. It's, it's, it goes along with something with Dave Tippett talked about. When a, when a guy comes up and isn't nervous – you know, he's ready. So that's more or less nervous, tentative, the same type of uh, thing. Uh, he doesn't. He looks He looks good. He's making plays. Uh, he's leading the, the rush. He's not, uh, you know, throwing pucks. He's not forcing anything. But if he's got a play to make, he's making that play. So, yeah, he's looked, he's looked confident. And I think the, the fact that they left him in the minors as long as they did and, and allowed him to gain an incredible amount of confidence in his game has made him a better player at this level. So uh, right now he'll get a couple more games and they're hoping that he will be able to anchor a third line because they love that speed. They really do. And that will play havoc on other teams' defense in, in, in the playoffs if they've got that kind of speed coming at him every third shift. So he's been good and, and to, I think quite consistent in the games that he's played thus far. So that's a good sign. Oilers win at 4-1. If they could have got to 5 like they did yesterday, we would have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Shed.com, now offering takeout complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Tim Buck with a nice text message here. Rob, I, I always like when people put a little bit of humor or sarcasm in. He says, Tom Wilson just sent an invitation to 31 teams to bring back an enforcer. And Senior Vice President George Peros rubber-stamped it. Like it or not, it makes for great entertainment. Maybe the NHL should change its name from NHL to NHE. Get rid of league and add entertainment. If you're a league, it implies that you have rules and standards. Oh, I like that. Very well thought out. That's, that a, that's, a, a, that's, a, that's, a, nice, uh, that's a nice angle from Tim Buck. And, of course, WWE, which Kellen can tell us all about. Not tonight, Kellen. We'll do that later. But uh, And Kurt says, remember when Cassian got suspended for hitting the turtle? We know who he's referring to, I think. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Kurt says, I think Wilson deserves a suspension. That, that's the thing for me is you, you try to find incidents in the past that might be comparable. Yep. And, it, you know, maybe it's not directly comparable, but Cassian was mad. He'd been body checked really hard a couple times and he, he grabbed a guy and hit him a few times. And Wilson sort of did the same thing. Like he grabbed a couple of guys, he threw them down to the ice and was clearly uh, enraged. So that's why I thought, well, he'll probably get at least a couple of games. 
the, the, the difference between Cassian when he was, got it and Wilson, Cassian was provoked. And he went after a player that I would never, ever call Kachuk defenseless. I mean, even, <laughs> even though Cassian went after him when he was in a little bit of a more prone position, he's never defenseless. And he would never be called innocent. Wilson went after two skilled players who I, I don't know their history, but I'm guessing have never been in a fight combined in their careers and possibly have never thrown a body check, either one of them. I mean, they are two highly skilled players. Panarin, again, I'll re- reiterate, he is in the top seven best players in the world, in my mind. He's that good. And he, he the other team's tough guy. I mean, I don't know what Wilson, I think he's like 6'4", 220. Like, he's a massive man. And he is tough. And so that so I'd be like in, in the old day, I'd be George LaRock going over and picking up Theo Fleury and pile driving him into the ice six times. That's not even that's even a bad example because Theo had a bit of an edge to him. Panarin doesn't. So this is where the Cassian was not as bad as Wilson because Cassian went after an agitator. Wilson went after two skilled players that uh, wouldn't have expected it to happen, had no way of defending themselves. I mean, the one guy was laying face first on the ground. Like he was face, his nose was touching the ground and Wilson drove his fist into the back of the guy's head. I mean, that's dangerous on so many levels. And that guy could not be any more defenseless. So I, I thought it was absolutely horrendous Paris and the league not giving a suspension. This is a, this is a league that suspended Connor McDavid, that spender, suspended Andrew Cogliano, who inadvertently hit a guy in the neutral and ruined his Ironman streak that was going to set an all-time NHL record. Yet Tom Wilson, who's a 10-time repeat customer, gets let off an absolute embarrassment for the NHL. Well, that that's another thing that surprised me is that usually they take the re uh, repeat offender stuff into uh stuff and, into and into, into on, consideration. Yeah, and another thing on this read, this what really bugs a hockey player. They they are Wilson doesn't get defend. every other player in the National Hockey League wants him suspended. There's guys on his own team that would want him suspended there because now they can at least say if something happens to Ovechkin, well, I mean, he's got to get suspended because look what happened to Wilson because he crossed the line. Every player in the league knows that he crossed the line. So the players want the guy suspended, yet the NHL doesn't do it. So that's what's a a travesty for the NHL to protect a player Uh, like Wilson and not protect the skilled player. Steven Edmonton says, I don't think he deserves a suspension. Panarin was a willing participant when he jumped on his back. Uh, Bad Lucas says, what do you guys think about what John Scott said on Sportsnet today? Well, we played what John said on his uh, Twitter feed, which was interesting from him because he was suspended a few times himself and wasn't the uh, the kindest player uh, in, in the world, but he didn't like what Tom Wilson did. Uh, Jamie says, are there any chances they would change it to a suspension? No, I think no. the the, decision is made. the the next story, Jamie, is what now what they find the Rangers and what happens in the game. Uh, it's tomorrow they play again, right? What day um, is it today? Probably, yeah, Tuesday. I would imagine. I don't know who the Rangers have that's tough. And I mean, well, I that's the they thing. Have, they don't really have anybody. No, yeah, and they, they play no again tomorrow. Gonna... Now, here's the thing. The Rangers are out of the playoffs. And see, this this is to me why 
I think sometimes you need the, the and you know, Bob and I talked about before the show and Bob said, you know, maybe the Rangers need somebody on their team that could have done something about it because Wilson came back from those penalties and played the rest of the game. I think he got the empty netter. Um, but now, like, let's say a Ranger just tomorrow says, screw it. I'm just going to slash the guy in the face. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. whatever. I, I hope that I'm not saying I hope that happens or that's justified, but the Rangers are out of it. Like maybe a guy that to me, that's the, the danger dangerous line. The league walks here. Wilson plays tomorrow. A couple of Rangers lose their minds. And in the heat of the moment, think that a 30 game suspension is worth taking for the start of next season and, and do something crazy and go after Wilson. I know in the NHL, Rob, guys are generally under control and it's rare that that's gonna happen but it's still to me why is he playing tomorrow no you're right he shouldn't be playing i mean that's the end you're right the nhl is like okay well let's give him a one game so then he gets out of the game they don't play new york and nothing stupid happens but uh, and john scott made a great point too he said uh, now if if there's a scrum in any game you know all you're going to get is a five thousand dollar fine at worst go sucker the other team's best player i mean that's like tonight, Tyler Myers. Then I'm going to scrum. I'm going to go sucker Connor McDavid. And then I'm going to grab Leon around the neck and throw him to the ground. And maybe they want him to get hurt like Panarin did. Oh, you get $5,000, but it's worth it. I put those guys out. I mean, it just, it just makes no sense at all. I mean, these are two elite, skilled hockey players. And whoever wrote the text that's saying Panarin was a willing... Con- or um, He was willing because he jumped in. He jumped in because the Wilson just punched his guy's head into the ice. Like, so no, he wasn't a willing combatant. He was coming in to try and get him off the teammate that just got his face punched into the face, into the ice. So no, that doesn't make you willing. That makes you trying to protect the teammate and get this guy off it. No, it, Wilson deserved to be suspended. He, and in all honesty, in all the stuff that he's done, he probably deserved a lot to, to get, to take him out of the game because he hasn't learned. So to me, it's one of those, you know what, this is probably only worth two games, but because you haven't learned from your, all your other er, suspensions, we're going to make it 12 games, and you're going to miss some playoff games because you're not you're you're a slow learner, Tom, and it wasn't worth it. And, and I don't know if anyone's seen the video, but watch Panarin's legs. Twice, he gets tossed backward like a horse collar you mentioned earlier. Either one of those could have torn an ACL. And now all of a sudden, the Rangers lose their best player for – a good chunk of next year because Tom Wilson is an idiot. That is a very passionate Rob Brown as the Oilers win 4-1 in Vancouver. That means a $400 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They're given $100 for every Oilers goal this season, the total up to 16700 We have Robert and Tony on the open line. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. This is Harlan Ford, Overtime Open Line. over to Nurse down the left wing. Gives it to Bouchard. He'll walk right in. He'll wait. He'll shoot. Scores! Evan Bouchard! Let it go from the point. He got it past Demko. Oilers win 4-1 tonight. Oil Kings win 3-2 in overtime over Lethbridge. The scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to Edmonton Trailer. Dot com Other NHL action tonight. No games in the North. The Penguins over the Flyers, 7-3. Carolina having a great season, beating the Blackhawks, 6-3.
the Devils upend the Bruins 4-3 in overtime. Zaka got the winner. Hall got his eighth of the season. And it was the uh, Sabres winning 4-3 over the uh, New York Islanders. And Hauser was the winning goaltender again in that one. 780-496-0063. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, I want to... Let's start with the power play. Power play was uh, two for three tonight. So uh, what are we at now? 27.2%. I figured it out ahead of time because I knew you were going to call. <laughs> so so is that, uh, does that have us in first now or still second? I think Carolina was still first by like a first. I, like uh, I, I believe we're still second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, no, well, but not like I'd want to, I want to quickly reference the, uh, uh, Tom Wilson incident from last night, and I kind of and I can I'm like I guess this is like the uh, the only uh, only comparison I could come up with. But I go back to the uh, Todd Bertuzzi Steve Moore incident. If you remember, if you remember uh, just prior to that, Moore elbows Naslin, doesn't get a penalty, doesn't get suspended. Months later, Moore plays, gets suckered by Bertuzzi, and his and his career's over. So. So, I'm not. I mean, I'm not like, sure that that would be the same, though. That would. That, that was way, way, way more vicious. Well, yeah, no. I mean, like that's what. That's the one thing that that I was gonna get. I mean, like Tom Wilson's a lot tougher, but that, that's not the point. But uh, basic, basically, basically, what I'm getting at is that by only only giving him a, a five thousand dollar fine, the league is the league is more or less saying, okay, well, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have to do something pretty stupid to get suspended. Right. So yeah. there's so so there's there's that, and then I guess and then I guess one quick point on the Oilers here, um, like we talk about how like uh, like the win with Lynn, like McDavid and Drysaitel play on the same line, like our our like like we're our lineup is rather thin, the rest of the way down, but I mean we look we've gone 29-11 and two in the last 42, and right so so yeah so I mean like I kind of. So, I mean, like, I guess, like, I look at that and I say, like, if 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 we we have a record like that with the ball with the the bottom nine when McDavid and Drysaddle are playing together, I, I I can only imagine what we're gonna be like when guys like McLeod and Bouchard come around, and then oh, maybe a Holloway jumps in and you know, and gets in. So yeah, I guess uh, I guess I guess I'll leave it at that. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, there, there's, uh, I mean, we'll focus mostly on this year, obviously, but there's some promise for the future as well. Actually, the Oilers uh, power play did jump into first tonight. 27.2, oh, nice. Carolina at 26.6. So I predicted they could do 29 and a half again. It doesn't look they're, like they're quite going to get there, but still pretty good. They're, they're going to have a hard time getting there simply because there's not enough power plays being called now. There's no not enough penalties for them to get up that far. So well, they, that, yeah, they called all of them in one stretch tonight, pretty much. <laughs> Except think, well, there were a couple I, in the third. And I think two of them were bad calls. But no, uh, their power play again. It's it, 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 as I feel now. Every time there's a shot on Smith, he's going to save it. I feel every time their power play steps out, they're going to score. It, it is that lethal when they don't score. It's usually because the other team's goaltender made two or three big saves. Uh, they they are back to where they were last year they are consistent uh and a danger every time they step on the ice and that's why you see teams right now have backed off outside of the mud shock and have backed off on the physicality with them and being silly because uh, mcdavid and dry are scary five on five 
But when you take one of your players away, it just becomes that much more unfair. And the Oilers' power play, it will win them games in the playoffs. It is that good. Oilers win 4-1 tonight in Vancouver. We have Tony standing by on the Certainty Hotline. Tony, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Um, I got a co- uh, one comment, and I'm going to clue in a little bit on this whole situation because I had to watch the video to find out what actually happened. First one is um, Evan Bouchard. I think he did pretty good tonight for, you know, not coming in for um, however many games. You know, he did he did some good pa- passes, and he even scored a goal after, you know. And this whole Tom, Tom Wilson situation, you know, I understand it's getting to the point where it's playoff hockey, but as you see, you know, Bucinevich gets just get, – he's not really doing anything. He's just in the – in the in, on kind of the side of the crease, and Tom Wilson goes after him, and after that, Panarin with no helmet gets smashed into the into the ice by Tom Wilson. And Tom Wilson is known for being this tough guy, and in a way, I in a way I do think that the New York Rangers did go over by what they said, but it's gotten to the point where you know something small like what happened with Connor McDavid. On Kakaniemi, he got suspended two games. But you can have a guy where he has no helmet on his head, and you smash him down. And then when you go into the penalty box, you're flexing. Like if you wouldn't have flexed, if you wouldn't have flexed, you know it wouldn't have been as bad. But with him flexing, and then what he did to Panarin without a helmet on, like Perro should be looking at this to say, what was he thinking? This could this could have this could have ended. Not only Panarin's career, but this could have like this could have snapped Bucinevich's neck. And yeah. Tom Wilson is a, a repeat offender. He's known for being dirty. I think what he should have gotten is the rest of the regular season and possibly the whole playoffs to maybe open up his eyes to say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't do this, but it's not working for him. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, th- I think that's what a lot of people are thinking, Tony, for sure. By the way, McDavid wasn't suspended for the Kotkaniemi uh, hit this year. He did get a fine, though. So he got $5,000 for that. Uh, Wilson got $5,000 for yesterday, and Nathan McKinnon got $5,000 for throwing a helmet <laughs> at the, the kid's I, chest. I still like the Nathan McKinnon one. That still makes me laugh. Five grand. Five grand. Yeah. Yeah, for, for Nathan, it was worth it. It was worth it. I got to throw, my, I got to throw the guy's helmet at him. It was worth it. But yeah, right, no, I think, it just makes no sense. No sense at all. I think David wants to talk about the Tom Wilson incident. Go ahead, David. Thanks a lot for calling. Uh, hi. Uh, it's not the Tom Wilson uh, incident. I, I believe that George Pierce has done a lousy job. When I watch Lucic, what he's done in last few games where he cross-checked a guy headfirst into the boards and then he punched a guy that came to him and uh, mm-hmm. what he tried to do to Dreisaitl the other day by slew-footing him and he elbowed uh, uh, Archibald in the face prior to that, and he's not getting any penalties. Uh, I, I can't see the NHL actually being accountable for any of this stuff. No, you're right. There's a few of the Lucic, few of the Lucic ones deserve something. You're right. I agree. The slew foot of Dreisaitl. I mean, that to me, as a hockey player, that's one of the most dangerous things that happen. Oh, I know it is. It's unexpected, and you can't protect yourself. You're going backwards, and it's how bad you hit your head. So that yeah. one was, was wrong. 
And that, but, that's why you saw McDavid go after him. Yeah, and basically the cross-checks by uh, Weber on Dreisaitl, they were vicious. No penalties. They weren't suspendable, they, but <laughs> they should have been penalties. Yeah. They should have been should about have been penalties. 40 uh, you know, cross-checking penalties. Yeah, Both teams. I mean, if they're supposed to be looking after the rules. And, and another thing, I, I believe that managing the game, they call it managing the game. Well, the number of penalties that... Uh, the Oilers uh, take compared to the m number that they should receive uh, are just unreal. And I think that managing the, what they're doing is trying to keep the talent of McDavid and try to bring him down to the level of all the other other players. He's so far ahead well, of everybody. It's an embarrassment to the league. Yeah, well, and there, that's a, a lot of discussion. And and David, if you ever listen to to Stoff, he he talks a lot about that as uh, as well. That maybe the star players, Big David and beyond, should have more fouls called against them when they have the puck or they're trying to wheel and deal and do all the things that fans pay money for when fans can go to games, which they they will eventually. But yeah, no, that's a good call by David Rob. And somebody wrote in here and said, "What what is the NHLPA's stance on this?" You know, you and I have talked about that before, that um, if a player is suspended, the PA sometimes will back an appeal. Mm -hmm. Which but they, they don't seem as worried about the guy who got injured. Yeah, it always drove me crazy. The guy that gets hurt, his own PA, his own um, union, is trying to protect the guy that hurt him. It's like, I never understood that one. I'm... I, it, when when someone does something stupid on the ice, everyone in the league wants that guy to pay a price because this is guy's livelihood. You should not have to worry about your livelihood, uh, be, and not have to worry that someone's not going to protect you if someone crosses the line. And I think too many times that happened. I mean, th this was not a hockey play. What what Tom Wilson did wasn't a hockey play. Uh, the the cross check in the game on the back of dry settled by Weber hockey play you know he crossed the line but hockey play this guy this was after a whistle you'd punch a guy in the head and then you go WWE wrestling not hockey plays not part of the game not someone you know towing the line and just kind of went over a little bit this was I mean as you, you talked about this was assault I mean, this was if this if someone did this on the side of the road, punched a guy who's some guy's laying down on the cement, just resting in the sunshine. Someone comes up behind him and punches him in the back of the head and bangs his head off the cement. That's assault. That's what Wilson did. So it's wrong. It shouldn't be in hockey. And someone in the league should have taken care of it. And you can obviously see that it's touched a nerve around the hockey circles because that's everyone's talking about it. So, you know, that the NHL made the wrong play. Carson says that play last night gets worse every time I watch it. Ice Castles. Brad writes in. Brad lives in a giant ice castle. <laughs> Rob, it's quite immaculate. Oh, he says, I think it also. <laughs> he says, I think it also means something that the team making such a strong objection is the Rangers. Those are the voices that carry a lot of clout in the league head office. And you know the real conversation is going to go beyond their Twitter post. Do you yeah, think there will be pressure on the league to do something in response to this? For example, waiting to the offseason and quietly replacing George Peros. He hasn't exactly been a prodigy in his role. Well, that is that is a good point. I mean, mm -hmm. the thirty now 32 franchises in the NHL are not equals. The Rangers are a big market team. 
with uh, a lot of history and an original six team and a, a lot of money and all that kind of stuff. So when they come out and say this, it is different than the, the Florida Panthers saying it. I'm not saying that, I mean, the Panthers would still get in trouble if they did this, but it's <laughs> going to get more, it's going to get more play and discussion, I think in the media and with fans, because it's the Rangers basically come out and saying to the league, you're incompetent. Yep. No, that's a great, yeah, that's a great text and, and, and true true to word and yeah there's this is I understand it's not an easy job it it isn't Um, but there are a lot of discussions and a lot of unhappy discussions after a suspension or fine has been handed out by George Peros and there's been a lot of disagreement and most of it is not long enough not heavy enough and not consistent not consi- so, I mean, if that's the case, well, then y- you don't get to have that job anymore because this is actually a pretty important job because you are, he's, he is the punisher, but he's also the deterrent. You know what, if something, if, if Wilson would have got 15 games, and I'm just throwing a number, 15 games, who's going to do that again? Well, I mean, I'm not going to punch this guy in the back. That's, I could get 15 games. I'm not going to do that to myself and my teammates. But, oh, a $5,000 fine? <laughs> That's nothing. I make $7 million a year. I can afford that. I'm going to punch him twice. I'll pay 10, 10 grand. What's it matter? <laughs> so it's, it's just the NHL just, they screwed this one up. Okay, Oilers win 4-1 in Vancouver. We have Robin standing by who I think wants to finish the play tonight. Robin, do you have a thought or a question, first of all? Yeah, sure. Um, do you think we risk losing any, any of our better players to the Kraken? Uh, not any of the star players, no. Okay. Um, the other thing is I've heard Bob Stoffer there sometimes at noon talking about how there'd be too many penalties if they called them all. But wouldn't you think um, if they started calling them all that the opposing players would stop taking those penalties against us? Yep. Uh, you know, if they called good them point. all on all, all the teams? Sure, it might be a Very lot of power point. plays for be a lot of power plays for a few games, but after a while they'd just stop taking those liberties yep you're, you're right you're, you're right players would learn what what they can and can't do they do at the beginning of every game every ref is different so uh yeah. refs ref differently and at the, in the first five to seven minutes of a hockey game you find out which way the ref is refing is this going to be one where everything's called or is this going to be one where uh the whistles are put away and then the players adjust their game to it yeah, and it seems like the players know ahead of time. Even you don't even have to go five minutes, and they know ahead of time what how the refs are going to call well, it. Right? Cer- certain refs. I mean, th- there's talk in dressing rooms before a game. The coach is okay. So and so is refing tonight. You know, this guy doesn't like us. Let's be smart. Okay, this guy he's let things go. So guys, don't get frustrated out there because there's going to be liberties taken. So yeah, the, there's yeah. Th- just like there's a book on every opposition goalie, every opposition um, goal scorer. There's a book on referees. You know which refs call what who they like who they don't like and then you play to it yeah, yeah all right exactly no as, Rob, as Robert, as, just for uh, calling just for i'm okay. going to do the contest here with you buddy we want you to we want you to get this just for calling you're going to get a 50 dollars sawmill gift card and we got a clue for you barry had slipped in from the point barry's got it in the right wing corner comes up the right wing boards about top of the circle to the corner for Ennis, to Turris, to Ennis as he goes behind the connect net. He'll try to lacrosse move, and that went off the outside wow. of the goal. 
All right, Tyler Ennis tried the lacrosse move, unable to score. Hey, uh, where, where did Tyler Ennis grow up, Robin? That's your finish to play. Edmonton. Absolutely, baby. Absolutely. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. That was a fun play to watch. It was fun. I wish he would have scored, though. That would have been really cool. And that's what we'd have been talking about all night if he would have put that one in. Oilers win 4-1. Uh, Jason says, what was Perros thinking? Well, he's a thoughtful, experienced, educated guy. I'll tell you what he was thinking. Bushnevich was the instigator. Wilson's stick is under Bushnevich. He dragged Wilson down initially. Look at the whole incident through that lens, and this thing makes more sense. Well, if that's what what, what George Perros was thinking then I agree with the Rangers. He should definitely be removed from <laughs> yes. his job. Okay, Oilers win it 4-1. You're going to hear from Leon. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Leon Dreisaitl scores twice. Evan Bouchard scores. Darnell Nurse scores. Mike Smith makes 28 saves. He's 19-6-2 with a 9.25 save percentage. The Oilers are 17-7-2 away from home. That's pretty impressive. And McDavid is up to 93 points as he has two assists this evening. Let's go back into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Here's Leon. Uh, hi, Leon. The guys uh, this morning were talking about uh, using these uh, final games down the stretch to you know hone your game and make sure that you stick with the good habits. Did, did you see that uh, tonight from your side? Uh, yeah, I thought for the most part um, we played pretty solid um obviously they're they're a team that's um you know they're gonna throw a lot of pucks on that and that that always creates havoc so um those aren't the easiest games to play but i thought we did a pretty good job for the most part and um it's obviously two two big points for us you guys seem to do a good job if, if you're ever down by one or it's it's close of, of not letting the game get away of either managing a, a one goal deficit or or you know keeping it scoreless until you can get your offense going. Is that uh, a skill that um, that you've seen improve over the course of the season, and obviously one that, that would serve a team well in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean that's that's what good teams do, right? They they hang in there. Um, sometimes, uh, a lot of times, it's it's not pretty. It doesn't doesn't need to be pretty. Um, and I think we've we've started to to learn that and figure that part out. Um, and it, it it won us a lot of hockey games this season. So um, we're obviously looking to continue that going into the playoffs. Daniel, need your Bowman, the athletic. Uh, Leon, I thought you had a very uh, thoughtful answer there uh, in the second intermission just when you are asked about uh, Connor McDavid and what you thought 100 points would mean to him. And you said something to the effect of that it matters more to you guys as a team and it's a kind of a team goal. Can you maybe expand on that and why you think it, it's a team goal for, for you guys to get him that milestone? Well, I mean, he, he does so much for our team. Uh, he does so much for us uh, on a nightly basis that, um, you know, the least... The least we can do is, is you know, help him out as much we, as we can. Um, it might not be that important to him, uh, but it, it sure is important to us for him for him to to get to that point. Um, obviously, you don't want to overdo it and, and um, you know, kind of let 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 that get out of hand. But if there's uh, you know a two on one or whatever it is, obviously you're trying to bear down three on two, whatever it is, you're trying to get him a touch or, or whatever it is. So um, 
I think uh, you know our team really wants wants him to get it. Um, and I, I think you're kind of in a unique situation where I mean you're the reigning Hart Trophy winner and and uh, Art Ross you're second in the league very comfortably in scoring this year, but you're not getting talked about very much. Does that suit you all right? No, oh, it's fine. I had my shine in the summer. I'm all good. <laughs> good for you. Thanks. Terry Jones, Post Media. Uh, just to uh, expand on that a little bit, how do you feel going on in the intermission between the second and third period? You've just scored two goals, and all the questions are about uh, Connor. Uh, as they should. Um, he set me up twice. Um, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's really all I can say. Uh, two nice two nice passes. Um, just had to make sure I bear down a little bit. And um, you know, obviously this this time right now is is about our team. You know, continuing to find our game, getting better uh, every night. And uh, on the side, it's it's obviously about him trying to reach that milestone. And how cognizant are you of? Uh, it seems like uh, every every little bit here, there's a an Oiler organization uh, product that's uh, showing up and uh, and finding his place on the squad. It started, I guess, with Yamamoto last year, and then Bear and uh, uh, Jones, and you know, on and on. You got uh, McLeod and a couple guys on defense. New one today, or another one today. Uh, it just seems like there's. The organization's really starting to produce that uh, the lineup. Uh, yeah, you need that. Um, I mean, the, these kids have, have done a great job. Uh, it's it's not an easy year for a lot of these guys. Um, you know, they don't get to play much. Um, it's it's you know, practice over practice, working out, working out. Um, it's it's a really hard year for a lot of guys. Um, but I think our guys have done an amazing job, all of them. Um, obviously the the young guys coming in they they improved our team um whoever it was all of them um so you need that you need that to be a successful team you need young guys pushing uh pushing the lineup from uh from the bottom so um we're very very fortunate very lucky to have those guys thank you tony brar Oilers tv hey leon just one question for me um, obviously, in the last few years, Oscar Kleffbaum has played such a large role for you guys on the back end. With his absence, Darnell Nurse has really had to eat up a lot of those minutes. And not only has he served in that role, but also thrived. For you, what is the biggest reason for his ability to obtain the next level in his game? Um, I, I think with Nursey, um you know, it's his, his athleticism. Um, you know, a lot of guys get tired. You saw it on that last goal, and, and he has that extra step, right, where, where he can beat a guy and, um, you know, create create a two-on-one out of something that seemed like a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I think it's that part, and then I think it's the patience part that, that he's been amazing at this year. Um, sometimes it takes takes especially defensemen it takes a little bit it's it's a really hard league and he's gotten better every single year um, I mean this year he's been he's been unbelievable um, you know he plays in every situation um, he kills uh, power play whatever it is uh, logs a lot of minutes so it's it's impressive thank you that's Leon Dreisaitl two goals tonight up to 26 on the season. Oilers beat the Canucks 4-1. Interesting what he said there, Rob, that he says he, he wants to get McDavid to get to 100. They want to help him out.
Well, I mean, he has to say it'd be silly if he didn't. Um, obviously, when the press is, and everyone is talking about it, uh, they're going to, I mean, players like stats. They, they, they like little uh, cool things, cool little goals that they can help out with. Um, I, I still say that I don't think McDavid thinks that much of it simply because he's had 100 points before. It's not like he's going for 100 for the first time in his life. That, that would be different if this is his first opportunity to get 100 points because that's a milestone. Uh, but he's been there. Um, but I, I think what it shows is the, the, the care that the teammates have for each other. And I think that's something that you're seeing more this year, how much they enjoy playing with each other, how much they want to see each other have success. Uh, he listened to Leon talk about Connor. I had my time to shine last year. This is about the team this year. This is about Connor reaching this. It's about Darnell Nurse and, and his emergence as a, a top-line player and, and the young players. And I think he put, made a good point when he said that it's been a tough year for these long, young players. They're not playing much. I mean, some of these guys are used to playing 30 minutes a night in junior, then uh, playing in world juniors and then playing long into the playoffs. And here this whole season's going by and some of them are playing 10, 12 games and just sitting there it'd be tough. So for them to be focused and be ready and then jump in the lineup and play well, players like Leon and, and Connor and Nurse and these guys notice it and appreciate that because you're as good as Connor and Leon are, they can't win a playoff series by themselves. There's got, and as good as the, the top core group that this Oilers team has, including Nurse and Nugent Hopkins and Larson and Smith, as good as they can play, again, they can't win a playoff series without depth help without guys coming in off the, the practice roster when there's injuries. It, it takes an entire uh, organization to win a championship, and it starts with a series. And they understand that, and they know that they need everyone pulling the same way. So there was an acknowledgement there from Leon, and you can get the same acknowledgement from Connor, from Nurse, from all the stars on this team, that, yeah, they know that they're all in this together, and they appreciate the hard work and the focus and the dedication some of the guys that are getting eight minutes a night or some of the guys that aren't even playing are continuing to put in knowing that at some point they're going to get their chance dry settle also commented and dave Tippett was asked about it as well robin i really think this is our adjustment of the game for alberta's chiropractors if it hurts see a chiropractor visit albertachiro.com slash hockey players being called up and younger players who can actually contribute. And, you know, the years the Oilers missed the playoffs all those years, there wasn't much on the farm. And I, and I still think that they're building the farm system. I still think mm -hmm. maybe it's, you know, an average farm system, but they've they've had some draft picks that are, are paying off. And Shirelli picked some of them, and I know people don't like to give Peter Shirelli credit for much, but he drafted, you know, Jones and Bear. He drafted Bouchard. Um guys who've been able to come up and play. I know Jones and Bear uh, sat out tonight. And then you look at a couple of the players that, that Holland have, has drafted that have promised Broberg's over here on the taxi squad, probably not going to play this year. Uh, Holloway's another guy with potential. McLeod clearly pushing for a spot. And over and over again, you think that's how you have to build. You can't, you can't, and that's what the Oilers were doing for years. They're chasing free agents and they're trying to hit a home run with a trade. And you still have to try, you still have to do that sometimes, but it's to supplement the roster, not to build the roster. And now they have some younger players who can fill roles on the team. Well, when, when you try to build through free agency, you overpay. You, you just, because you, you're in a bidding war. 
So you're always overpaying for players. So that puts your uh, salary cap out of whack. Um, there's always going to be other locations that may be favored over Edmonton. And I think Edmonton's getting better, but uh, there's going to be players you got your sights set on. Well, well, this year they tried to get Markstrom. Markstrom chose somewhere else. So you're not always getting the free agent that you want. Uh, in trades, anytime you make a trade, if you get something that you really want and you really think is a good hockey player, usually you're giving up something really good to get that player. So it's always addition from subtraction. So as good as it is you're getting this player, well, you just opened up something else somewhere else because now we had to give this guy away. So you need guys coming up from your farm system. And the, the other reason is you get them on good contracts. Right. And you're so now all of a sudden when you're paying certain amount of players, when you got Connor and Leon and Darnell Nurse is going to get the big contract and Nugent Hopkins, when they're making what they're making, you've got to have guys that are coming in on low contracts. And I know that you can go out and sign some free agents for uh, lesser money, but usually you're getting those guys near the end of their careers and they're not as uh, capable. But you can have these young players coming up who are ready and ripe, and they're going to give you a couple really good years on good deals. And that's what you're seeing right now. And there's that uh, uh, feeling of, of um, success when a player that you put all that time into comes up and and shows the promise that you saw in him and you you feel that okay look at look what we've just done we've just taken this kid from this gangly 17 18 year old kid that uh we brought him down we put him in the minors we we followed his career we helped him get here this blah 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 and now he's a star in our team and i think that is what serves an organization well when all of a sudden the players that are winning them championships are players that they drafted they had in their minor system, and then eventually won them a championship. And a great example is the Tampa Bay Lightning, who had a bunch of homegrown players that helped them win a championship. All right, you'll hear from an Oilers homegrown player when we get back. He scored tonight in a 4-1 win. Evan Bouchard's coming up on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers are now 32-17-2 on the season. Five games to go before the playoffs. They win tonight 4-1 in Vancouver. This guy scored on the power play, Evan Bouchard. Evan, it was your, your first game in, in quite a while there. How, how did you feel like it, it went and what was it like to get back in the lineup? Uh, I thought it went pretty good. Uh, it was a great feeling. You know, we work in, uh, really hard off the ice. Coaches are keeping us in shape. So to finally uh, get back in a game was uh, a good feeling. Can you explain what the, the process has been like over the last couple months? Just, uh, I know you've been working, especially with, you know, David Belcher after practice and stuff. How have you kind of felt like you were getting kind of prepared in case this uh, eventuality did come? Uh, yeah, it's tough. Everyone kind of wants to play, but uh, you really have to take advantage of uh, what's given to you. And that was, uh, you know, a lot of practice time for me and a lot of time to uh, work on what I wanted to work on, you know, uh, specifically my skating and stuff like that. So I think it was uh, you know, good to take uh, advantage of that. Bob Stoffer, 6-3, Chad. Hey, Evan. Uh, just uh, we know you played a lot of power play time in junior and down on the A. Just the thought on uh, Jim Playfair giving you an opportunity to, to work on the penalty kill and how much you did with that uh, in London and uh, as well as in the American League and whether or not you got a chance to PK it over in Sweden as well. 
Uh, yeah, it was a great opportunity for me to, uh, you know, kind of get through the, the systems and uh, everything like that. And I think, uh, you know, that, I could add that part to uh, to my game. So to get the uh, chance to play uh, on the penalty kill was, uh, you know, was important for me. And it was, uh, you know, I was happy to get some time there. And just a thought, uh, you clearly worked on your body composition. You came in camp as good a shape as any of the defensemen. Uh, you know, when you're practicing on a day-to-day basis, who are some of the other guys out there that are part of the taxi squad that are that are they're maybe less heralded that help drive it for you in terms of the competitive battles? Would it be a guy like Patrick Russell or one of those guys? Who would you maybe mention? Yeah, big time Patrick Russell. He gives uh, you know 110 percent every time he's uh, he's on the ice. But I think it's that that whole group there. You know, everyone's kind of uh, fighting against each other's inner competition, which is. Uh, great for the team and I think it just makes everyone else better but um, you know in the end we're, we're all pushing each other and you know like you said Patrick Russell is a, a guy who really tries to uh, push everyone out there. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Um, yeah, but the goal you scored uh, faked the slap shot and then threw the wrist shot at the net. Is that something you worked on when you were in junior because it obviously the people were waiting for the slap shot and you uh, you whistled the uh, the wrister in uh yeah it's um you know i think just part of getting shots through to the net it doesn't always have to be that uh slap shot i guess the slap shot kind of helps but uh when you can throw uh wristers just on the net with uh screens in front um you know it helps a lot and i think uh you know, we had guys going to the net so i kind of just wanted to uh, get the puck through and give them a chance to uh get a rebound luckily it went in and was this the longest that you've ever sat as a hockey player? A couple of months without playing a game? Uh, yeah, I'd say definitely during the season. This is the uh, longest I've been uh, without a game. And and was that did that take some getting used to? Yeah, big time. Like I mentioned earlier, everyone kind of wants to uh, be in the lineup, but um, you know it took a bit of time. But like I said, you got to take advantage of what's what's given to you, and uh, that was more practice time for me. Thank you. Terry Jones, Post Media. Yeah, what are your thoughts about uh, about uh, being in this organization? And you, you watch uh, Yamamoto show up and stick, and you watch uh, uh, Bear show up and stick, and uh, and it goes down the list. And uh, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of guys coming through, and uh, and when they get here, they're staying here. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, you know, you got to take uh, advantage of what's given you. And Yamo did that last year. Same thing with uh, Bearsy. They took advantage of what was given to them and they uh, ran with it and have played, uh, you know, they haven't looked back and they've played uh, incredible ever since. And uh, hopefully I can do the same here. And as an extension to that, do you kind of think about what this could be like uh, going down the road here with all you guys together for significant years? Uh, yeah, I think the uh, organization has a bright future. The guys we have now, the guys we have in Bakersfield, I think, um, you know, it's tip of the iceberg right now, and I think we're just going to keep going uh, uphill here, and uh, I guess I think there's a bright future here. Great, thank you. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Evan, I just wonder, um, you know, as, as the days are going by between games for you, what the level of communication is like between yourself and the coaching staff and the organization? And if conversations are had about just, you know, what the plan is and, and how to ensure your development continues the right way and just what, what is that communication like 
about the overall plan for you? Yeah, they were, um, you know, kind of good at keeping me in the loop of to uh, what's going on, plans for me, and um, you know, they just really wanted to emphasize, uh, you know, treat your practices like a game because you never know when you're going to get in. Um, but they, they've been good with talking to me, letting me know the the situation that I'm in, and um, you know, it was good to good to finally get a game in. In a normal year, I mean, the American Hockey League is a different type of option. You can kind of come and go when you're on the type of contract that you're on. It just wasn't necessarily the case this year. Um, I guess everybody understands how unique this year is with the way everything is set up, and I, that has to factor into your thinking and sort of understanding the situation. Yeah, big time. It's, uh, you know, if you go to Bakersfield, you got to play some games there and then you got to spend some time quarantining. And, uh, you know, it's a tough decision. Um, in the end, it's really on uh, the, the management, what they think is best for me. And, uh, you know, I'm happy I got to uh, stay here, get some practices in and, like I said, work on my game. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's paying off for me. That is Seven Bouchard, who did look comfortable tonight, even though he hadn't played in over two months. Drysettle scores twice. Bouchard scored. Nurse scored. Smith, 28 saves. McDavid, two assists. And the Oilers win in Vancouver, 4-1. Get more on the team on globalnews.ca or 630chet.com. Our next game broadcast is Thursday, 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7 at Rogers Place. Oilers this time hosting the Canucks. Don't forget, Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. All have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 630 Chet. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.